This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast, Jacob Birch, Eric Steven. When we recorded last, we were catching up from two weeks and the trend was, wow, the Dodgers had a really nice road trip and things are looking at the time a little shaky. Uh, And now it's only been a week and we have like this, the inverse where like things were awful, (laughs) like right kind of while we were recording the podcast and a few games afterwards and now looking pretty okay. We recorded after they had lost two straight to the Padres, and and then by the time we published, they had already lost. They got swept by the Padres, and um, and then they got no hit. Yeah, I submitted my recording. I think in during the eighth inning, saying I hope yeah. they get a hit, so this doesn't look really awkward. Yeah, Alas. and so, but like you know, whatever. I mean, it's just one of those like weird things. It with the. Like the no hitter was weird because it was a combined no hitter and like you know Zach Davies. Um, amazingly, I didn't instinctively call him Kyle first this time. I usually do. Um, he oh, he pitched six innings. He walked five. The Cubs walked eight. They had three relievers go an inning each after him. Uh, so eight walks. I forgot. I think it's like it was like tied for like the fifth most in a no hitter. Uh, ever in MLB and so like that you're like all right it's kind of it's a weird game but then to top it off like 
they I couldn't tell for sure if it was all three relievers. Didn't realize there was a no hitter, but for sure Craig Kimbrell did not know there was a no hitter going because like everyone's like going to the mound to mob him, and he's like, "What? What are you doing?" <laughs> like, then, like it took him like a little bit to figure it out, and like um, so that was kind of funny. Like it was just a weird weird game and then um yeah like uh so after the game i think uh, i didn't put it in the notes but like mookie Betts was you know he's like look it's a you know you don't no one ever wants to hear this when things are going bad but it's like he's like look it's a 162 game season you're not going to be hot all the time you know and it's just like yeah i mean he's right but like and then uh but you know when teams aren't hitting they, that's when they look the worst and like people assume they're not trying, <laughs> you know, um, it's one thing to just be bad. Like if you're just bad all the time, like that, that's almost more acceptable than just looking like you're, you're, you're not getting the, you're not doing the little things, you know, that kind of right. stuff. And like, um, it's like a sign of futility, right? Even though they walked eight times, like they've reached base fewer than eight times in many games this year, a few games this year, at least. And nobody talks about those, but like they didn't get a hit. Uh, Dave Roberts after the game, he, he said the stretch of getting swept and then getting no hit in the next game was embarrassing. Um, and then after the no hitter, he said uh, you wanted to sting a little bit. And then and then they went out and won the last four games. Uh, they, they beat the Cubs. Uh, Kershaw had said maybe it was a wake up call. They won the last three against the Cubs, and then they won against the Giants on Monday night. We're recording this on Tuesday. The Dodgers play only one more game in this weird two-game series against the Giants. Then they have an off day, then they go on the road. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're at. Like they're they're now within two and a half games of the Giants, so it's either going to be one and a half or three and a half by the time this goes up. Um, they, you know, we last week the other thing was since we took we had two weeks between records. Um, like Max Muncie and Cody Bellinger both got hurt and came back within the time we didn't record. So now that they're back uh, over the last week, uh, they're the two best Dodgers hitters. <laughs> so like, hey, look at that. Like, um, <laughs> Bell, They each homered twice. Bellinger hit a walk-off on Saturday. He walked six times. He's looked fantastic in center field. Like it, It's one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, that's what they were missing. Like There's been a few drives, you know. Uh, last night there was one I forgot who hit it, but he like – ran it down pretty not easily but like smoothly and then like there's just been plays where you're like oh man it looks so much better and then that with Mookie Betts in right uh rather than Mookie in center and then like Zach McKinstry or Matt Beatty in, in right uh uh and like, there was a literal play where um you know Rob Dave Roberts never like throws anyone under the bus right but he was asked uh one of those games last week uh, he's like would um would Mookie Betts have made that play um, in right field? And he's like, he would. You know, he was just—he was like so resigned to it. He's like, he's like, look, Mookie's a, an elite defender. Matt's not. He's like, you know, he's doing the best. You know, he, he wasn't—he wasn't ripping like Matt Beatty. He was just like, like sort of stating the reality that like, you know, it was a drop off, right? Like so, uh, but yeah, like so that—that's sort of where where they're at. Um, the other sort of highlight, I guess, of the last uh, week was uh, Clayton Kershaw on Sunday. Looked, uh, I try to stay away from the word vintage because I think it gets overused, but it was like a kind of vintage performance from him. 
He had 22 whiffs on the slider alone. Um, uh, 26 for the game is like one of his highest totals in the last like six years. I think it was like third or fourth highest. Um, he struck out 13. He pitched eight innings. Uh, Ten of his strikeouts were on the slider. Um, eight innings, you know, huge. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, uh, the first time he faced the Cubs, uh, Kershaw got bombed in the first inning, gave up four runs, and then they removed him. Part of it, like he threw 39 pitches, so that was part of it. But also, it was like strategic um, because uh, that was a, uh, they had a game rained out. So Kershaw was pitching on Tuesday, and then Bauer was pitching the second game. Uh, so one of them was going to go on three days rest, or unless they wanted to use a bullpen game. So so they. Sort of by, by getting Kershaw out of there after an inning, that allowed him to sort of come back on three days rest. He was actually really good on three days rest. He pitched five innings and they took him out. Um, and then, you know, that was a game where if it was a normal thing, he would have stayed longer. So other than that, he's pitched like six innings or more in like 14 of his 15 starts. Um, but because of those two starts, like his average uh, innings per start was below six innings for a while. And like... The other top, like, three starters on the Dodgers are all over six innings. Uh, like, so it was sort of a weird thing. But, like, so after that eight-inning game, he's finally back over averaging six innings a start on the season. So that was it's one of those dumb things I, I've been, like, sort of keeping an eye on. And uh, But, yeah, the other thing was fun. Uh, so we had the uh, about a, a little over a week of the, uh, the umpires being the police. Um uh, checking, uh, pitchers for sticky stuff. It's most of the time. It's like basically after the inning. Uh, it's not every inning for starters, but they do starters get checked like multiple times. Um, and relievers basically get checked like the end of the inning they come in on, or if, if they come in and then like don't finish an inning and they, they get removed. That's when they get checked. Um, what they do do on, uh, like, uh, in the ninth or extras, if, if a team is on the road, uh, they'll check the pitcher as they come in. Uh, like the uh, the other day, um, I forgot who gave up the walk-off to Cody Bellinger, but he was checked before that. <laughs> that. That would be the worst. You give up a walk-off home run, you're like real dejected walking <laughs> off. Going, hey, buddy, get over here. <laughs> like, But anyway, so it, it always creates for this weird thing because it's like out in the open, right? They do it like on the field. And so like the fans always boo, like even just the most – mundane things but like kershaw's getting a standing ovation after pitching eight innings from the crowd and then all of a sudden boo boo and then he's getting checked and he, kershaw on the ump like you know he was like laughing about it he's like he, he's like you know you're about to get booed right <laughs> to the umpire and uh <laughs> and he was like smiling and then and then it was funny and then they finished it and then kershaw still had to walk from like the foul line to the dugout then it was like yay and then the uh it was back again so it was like this weird uh, ovation, boo, ovation, like uh, thing. It was it was pretty great, so that was kind of fun. Uh, anything else you remember uh, from the last week or so, other than uh, you know exchanging texts through the games or something like that? No, uh, um, the some of the Padres games I definitely just had to like turn off for a bit just because it was so frustrating how kind of lackluster the games went. Um, I did watch. Most of the no hitter, sadly, and then I watch almost all of the Cubs, the rest of the Cubs series, at least that I can remember. I'm still not sleeping great, so we'll see. Yeah, I uh, the other, uh, I guess yesterday, 
I slept six hours and 45 minutes, which was mm-hmm. like, a, it was like my most in like three weeks. Wow. And then <laughs> um, I forgot the exact total this morning, but it was disappointing because I, I was up well past, I was in bed before midnight and I was still in bed awake after 2 a.m. Um, oh, that's the and worst. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm looking right now and uh, uh, three hours and 39 minutes. Well, last night was my total sleep. No, so. I'm getting more than you, but still apparently having yeah. hard time. But no, the I the Cubs series and then last night's game with the sort of uh, the, referring to the first game against the Giants. You know, a lot of pitching escapes. Seeing, I granted they were you know solos, but seeing sort of a variety of hitters hit the home run, and then uh, Kenley. Ken, we should talk about this. <laughs> Kenley just is like. This is the longest stretch of like, oh, he's just good. Yeah. We've had in a long while. There, it's uh, there's been way less of. Are we getting the good Kenley today? Right. You know that that kind of thing. Like he's just been pretty consistently good. I think. Uh, I forgot. Uh, I will look it up as we're talking. But I think, I think his ERA in June is zero. If I'm not mistaken, I, he may have given up an earned run. Um, nope, no runs at all. Um, uh, it was in May, his ERA was zero. He had a one unearned run until his final outing of the month when he gave up uh, three runs. Uh, but, um, that was also a game. He gave up the three runs in the 10th, uh, after, uh, Albert Pujols hit what would have been a walk-off home run, but Mike Talkman robbed him. Mm-hmm. So like, Basically, Mike Talkman not only robbed Albert Pujols of Walker, <laughs> he, he robbed Kenley Jensen of a zero ERA in May. No, um, but yeah, he's been really good. Uh, last night, uh, uh, he struck out Buster Posey, I believe, the second out of the ninth, and um, he uh, it was all three sliders. And uh, Dave Roberts like, I don't think I've ever seen him do that. Um, so that was fun. Uh, the other thing I forgot to mention, or not forgot, it just it sort of happened. Uh, in last week, so all three games against the Padres, and then the first two games against the Cubs, the Dodgers starter, uh, gave up home run in the first inning. I think it was seven in all. Um, that was, I looked back, I, I, looking through like game logs and like first, first inning home runs, that took a while. Um, it, so back, going back to at least 1916, and I think it's fair to assume since there was like nobody hit home runs then, it's probably ever. Uh, the Dodgers had never allowed a first inning home run in five straight games before. Uh, the longest I saw was like three, I think. But so yeah, it was rough. And then, uh, yeah, they just got better after that. And so like, um, yeah, that's sort of where they're at. Uh, I, the one thing I, I want to talk about now, like, um, all-stars and, and less about, cause we don't really know who the Dodgers all-stars are yet. We have an idea. We'll talk about who actually made it next week, but I wanted to talk more about the process because that there seems to be there's always like everyone wants to complain about all star snubs, but they all, a lot of the ire is directed in the wrong direction. So I wanted to like talk about like how it all happens, sort of. Sure. I put up you a post see about that. To go play. Sure. Yeah. So you know, first step is always fan voting. They pick the starting position players. Um. You know, there's there's no DH in the NL this year, so it's eight position players in the NL, nine in the AL, um, and the or MLB like switched it around where there's two phases of fan voting now. They already had the first phase, and then everyone who was in the final three at each position or the top three at each position 
um, moves on to the second round, but now the votes reset. So they started again on Monday. They go through like Thursday morning. I think it's 11 a.m. Pacific when they end. And then later that night, they announce the starters. So five Dodgers made um, the top three at their positions. Max Muncy was leading at first base. Uh, but again, the votes reset. He's a, he's there with uh, Freddie Freeman and Anthony Rizzo. Uh, you know, Muncy's been excellent. Like I, uh, he's he's going to make the team. I think whether he starts or not, but I think he has a pretty good shot to start, especially if the just if it sort of trends the same way it was. Freeman is pretty popular too, though, and if it's just condensed to those three, maybe Muncy has a harder time. But he he, he has a good shot to start. Gavin Lux uh, sort of made the top three at second base. He was third, a distant third, but also votes reset again. But he hasn't had, like, an all-star year. So he, he's not going to make it. Like, he's not going to get voted the starter. Um, and, like, he's not going to get uh, as a reserve. Justin Turner is third at, at third base. Um, Brian, uh, Chris Bryan and Nolan Arenado are ahead of him. Uh, but, again, votes reset. Mookie Betts was fourth in the outfield. Chris Taylor was fifth. Uh, so top nine are in the outfield since there's three spots. Um, Will Smith was fourth among catchers, so he's he definitely will not start. I guess he could technically make the team as a reserve and then replace like an injured player if, if he's if he starts, but like he's not going to start, you know, traditionally. Uh, and Dave Roberts um, mentioned this on uh, Sunday. He said, obviously that was the fans' vote, but hopefully the players get it right. I just don't see how he's not one of the top three catchers in the National League. The top three vote getters are were Posey and uh, Molina, who were like always starters. But then also Wilson Contreras is third, and just after watching him for four games against the Dodgers, he has like one of the best catcher arms I've ever seen, <laughs> and mm-hmm. like he's he's amazing. He's all uh, so he also started the last two All Star games for the National League. I don't think I remembered that, uh, but I think uh, those three Posey, Molina, and Contreras, I believe they started. Uh, it was either the last 11 or nine of the last 11 uh, All-Star games for the NL. So, like, you know, it's the usual suspects. Posey having a great bounce back year. Smith, among NL catchers, though, like, he has an excellent case of being the best, if not the second, be- or second best catcher. He leads, or he's second in Fangraph's war at catcher. Posey is, uh, is number one. He's second in slugging, again, to Posey. Third in home runs with 10. First in extra base hits. First in runs, fifth in RBI, so uh, and he's improved his framing numbers just overall. Um, but that's only like you know a quarter of the roster basically. The rest of the the next round is, or not, re- it's not like it gets revealed in order. But like the, the next step is that the players also sort of vote for their starters. Um, I use the word starters in quotes because they're not actually starting, but it's just the players pick one player at each position. Two, you know, in the outfield, it's just three outfielders, but. Um, and they also, the players also pick five starting pitchers and three relievers. So that, that pushes the roster to like 16 position players and eight pitchers for the national league at that point, the full roster is 20 position players and 12 pitchers. So that leaves, um, four position players and four pitchers for the national league in the American league because of the DH it's two position players and six and four pitchers. So, um, remaining uh that used to be like sort of determined old school it used to be determined by the manager of the team they would pick like all the reserves and like uh people would always get mad because uh you know the pennant winning manager from the previous year would like stack the roster with their own players and yeah you know what you get it like they 
it's sort of the spoils of victory, right? Like it happens, but like, you know, occasionally the league office would have to step in and say, Hey, come on guy. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, but like, uh, just uh, in, in like recent years, it was like a combo where like the manager was like in consultation with the commissioner's office. But then like in 2017, they just said, all right, screw this uh, commissioner's office only for that. So the managers literally have no say that will not stop anyone uh, when the full rosters are revealed on Sunday to be like, Oh, Dave Roberts hates my guy. <laughs> why did why didn't why did he not pick this guy? He has literally no say on the roster. Uh, I do think Mookie Betts is gonna is a lock to make the All Star team, and, and it's weird because um, uh, so he's he's called this year like frustrating multiple times. Um, he right now his uh, WRC plus is one thirty six. It's the exact same as his career number. Um, he slugged 405 in April. Since then, it's 503. He's just been, like, slowly and steadily. Like, his batting average is still relatively low, but also, you know, that's it's down across baseball, so that's part of it. But, like, he's still, like, excellent. And also, he has a track record. This year's also weird in that, you know, all-star games are all, always weird because not enough people, I think, recognize overall body of work or, like, if you just go like strict, um, if you're just picking all star players for this year, nobody's second half ever gets counted, right? Right. And I always thought that was like weird and wrong. So like, there has to be some sort of accounting for like just general track record and or maybe it's all star game to all star game if you look at it that way or something like that. But the fact is, nobody was an all star in 2020. But like, Betts was the best player on the best team that won the world championship. So like also established our former MVP. Uh, I think that carries weight. Uh, he's fourth in the outfielder. There's like a cluster at two, three and four. It's uh, Jesse Winker, uh, uh, Castellanos and uh, Betts behind Acuna. So like it's, it's very possible that Betts just wins with a fan vote or at least in the top three to start. But if he doesn't, I think the players are going to vote him in because uh, so in the American League, so Mookie Betts, he, he played like 52 games in his in his rookie year, 2014. Then he had a full year in 2015. Then so 2016 comes along. It's only his second full season. It's only he's only been in the majors about like two calendar years total. And he was picked among uh, by the players. He was voted second behind Mike Trout among AL outfielders. The next year, second. The next year after that, second. He won MVP that year. And then in 2019, he was third. So, like, uh, there was obviously no All-Star in 2020. So I think, like, if he doesn't start, the players will end up picking him because, let's say, the, I think the work, like, he'd have to be, like, lower than, let's say, fifth or sixth on the player ballot to not make it because if the player's ballot, the way it goes is if, if the players, like, the top selection for the players is already a fan starter. They just go to the next one in line. So, like, even if, say, they keep, let's say, keeps the order and it's Acuna, Winker, Castellanos um, that are starting, let's say the players agree with that. I don't know if that's the case, but, like, they have those top three. So are, now are they really going to pick four other outfielders that are the, uh, above bets? I don't think they will. So I think he's going to be on the team one way or the other. Um, the other position players, like with Case, Justin Turner, 
Uh, he's actually first in the uh, among NL third baseman in Fangraphs WAR, second in uh, WRC plus behind Evan Longoria, third in runs, first in walks. Just been generally good. I I, I don't know if he's going to make it. Like it really is like a it could be a, a situation where depending on some of the teams, like say the Pirates uh, or some of the lesser teams who might only get one All Star, every team has to be represented. So. It really might depend on what positions left. So, like you get like Chris Taylor, his like positional versatility helps here. Um, so I looked at his ranks among like all NL players. He's 19th in Fangraphs WAR, 2.2. Uh, he's sixth among outfielders there. So really good. Third in runs scored overall in the National League. 12th in WRC plus. Uh, Turner, Muncy, and Betts are ahead of him there. Just overall, he's ninth in OBP. But like. Again, if you're if it comes down to a spot and they maybe need they don't know if they need like an outfielder or an infielder, they might be more inclined to take someone like Taylor who could play and fill in wherever. Uh, but yeah, like uh, you know, I think people have just been matter of factly at least among the Dodgers saying, you know, Chris Taylor's an all star. Chris Taylor's an all star. I don't. It's not necessarily that simple, but just how it might play out. So. But yeah, he, he he definitely has a case. He's also slumped a little bit the last like couple weeks. But I mean, if yeah, we're gonna praise yeah. Shohei Otani's multi position, <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same thing, right? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> did did Shohei Otani throw someone out from left field uh, so. to end the game? Nope. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and then you know, and then uh, obviously the pitchers. Um, He's going to do that looking, tonight, right? You realize that? He's going to somehow... Wait, Shohei or Chris Taylor? Shohei. Like, <laughs> yeah. just a screw with us. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I wouldn't put it past yeah. him. He, hom- he homered <laughs> last night. Um, Yankee Stadium, no big deal. Um, He's working on the Bugs Bunny thing where he can catch himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, among pitchers, Kershaw, he's 6th in Fangraphs War, ninth in FIP. Sixth in K minus uh, strikeout minus walk percentage. Um, Trevor Bauer just very rudimentarily uh, leads. He's first in innings, first in strikeouts. He's just been very durable. Uh, eighth in K rate, uh, 31.7%. It's the best on the staff. Um, Walker Bueller, fifth. Like, look, Walker, to give you an idea of the year, right? Walker Bueller has a 251 ERA. He's 15th in the <laughs> National League. Like, that's. That's crazy. And uh, the other thing, like Jacob Degrom is like zero point six nine. His his FIP is zero point nine eight right now. <laughs> I saw that yesterday because I was looking up something else. I just started laughing. I was like, "That's ridiculous." But anyway, um, Kenley Jansen. Another thing, like he, like we talked about, he's just been consistently good. It would be, I think, more of a track record thing for him. Like he has a one forty two ERA again among like qualified relievers i'm not sure exactly what the minimum is there but he's 11th in the national league uh there's 10 reliever eras that are better than him but like you know whatever it's like you know it's it's i think it's more you know maybe the that that, he could be a guy who gets like the player vote just everyone's like man kenley looks good this year you know that kind of a thing and like he, he has the track record obviously so maybe that's that's how it works. But yeah, so the rosters will be revealed uh, Sunday. Starters are Thursday. Um, the rest of the roster on Sunday, and then get about a week of everyone complaining, and then uh, people dropping out, and then it, uh, people filling in. So uh, yeah, it's one of those things. But uh, I have an all star related trivia for you. Are all you right. ready? Maybe I'll break the mold and uh, get this. So one norm- right. normally I have a longer lead up to the question in terms of like the setup, but this is very simple. Who was the last Dodgers pitcher to start the All-Star game? I'll answer that. 
after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who was the last Dodgers pitcher to stall, start, 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 start the All-Star game? Uh... What's interesting about this question is that I I think I had forgotten, uh, although who uh, who are around uh, Clayton Kershaw not starting? Yeah, because that's you know you won't at you don't ask this if that that was the answer. Yeah, I, I will say I, I forgot this person started an All Star game. Okay, so I have I have a guess, and then if it's not it, I'm probably just tapping out. But I have uh, is it Brad Penny? Okay, no, but okay. Uh, he is the, the – there's been two since him. Uh, oh, okay. He, 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 he is like the funniest one on this list. Um, yeah, I, I was – you so know he's, me. He's I go started for in, the funny answers. Two. He started He started in 2006. And I really remember that All-Star game, and I don't know he, why. <laughs> he was throwing roughly 137 uh, miles an hour. Because uh, like the he was just trying to light up the radar gun, so yeah, it's one of those one of those weird things. But uh, yeah, they um, trying to look here. Um, Sandy Koufax only started one. The first Dodger All Star starter was Whit Wyatt in 1941 for Brooklyn. Uh, Don Drysdale started five different All Star games. Wow. <laughs> uh, two of those were in 1959. <laughs> But like, yeah, they had gonna, like that's a, the, uh, the double era, yeah. But even then, like, it's still four <laughs> yes, different years. Absolutely. So like, uh, it just worked out. Like, you know, that's how it sort of happens sometimes. Like, even like Sandy Koufax, I think, only started one opening day. Like, you know, <laughs> just this weird, weird timing and stuff. Um, but yeah, do you remember any other All Star starters? Like, just generally Dodgers uh, of uh, this or, or no? Did Did Zach start one? He is the uh, he was the next one after Penny, 2015. <laughs> uh, he had a microscopic ERA that year as well, uh, not just at the All Star break, but over the season. Um, but yeah, he um, he went two innings, struck out four, also gave up a home run. <laughs> excuse me, you're excused. Uh, is it Ryu? It was okay. 2019, uh, which I forgot about. He yeah, was I did. Excellent. I also forgot about it. You know, um, you know, you know why that yeah. is. It's because the All Star Game doesn't count for anything. They should really think about making it count for something this, this time. This time it counts again. <laughs> um, no, please don't do that. I'm joking. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Okay, so um, as we or this was a couple hours ago. Um, it is funny as we went through that. Like my mind slowly remembered <laughs> other um, All Star Games. 
MLB is not obviously going to release the totals because that would be transparent. Um, but like they, <laughs> in the second phase of voting, which started yesterday, uh, at the at the moment, none of the Dodgers are leading at their positions. Uh, Freddie Freeman is at first. Uh, Adam Frazier of the Pirates is the leading vote getter at second. Um, Nolan Arenado at third. And then it's the, the three other outfielders that I mentioned, Acuna, Winker, and Castellanos, uh, who, which I believe I pr- pronounced yeah, his name this, three Yeah, this system ways. does yeah. seem to kind of go, uh, I was thinking about it when you were going over it, kind of screw the Dodgers just in that, like, their most justifiable starter is Max Muncy, who is going against two more recognizable stars. Ha- however, I, yeah. but, like, I, I would have thought that too, except he was leading the votes, uh, in the first round. So like, right. But not, I think a lot of that is like other fans sinking their votes into, you know, their starters, I assume. And then go, oh, now I have to vote for, mm. I guess I vote for the guy who won MVP click. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, like it's not, it wouldn't be the worst thing. This is clear. Yeah, I can also just do the like in radio personality. This is clear East coast bias. They hate right. us. The team needs exactly. to show more passion. Maybe this will turn. The, the increase maybe, the winning streak even more. This is what maybe, we need to. Yeah, maybe up. if they didn't get no hit, the yeah. Dodgers you know, else there. So, yeah, we should do an episode where on. we just like I'm your skip uh, skip Schumacher skip skip Bayless. <laughs> oh God, uh, no, we're we're done if that happens. <laughs> I, I'm walking. I'm I'm walking off the set that we don't have. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, you want to do a Dodgers rewind? I do. So, um, uh, Clayton Kershaw, the aforementioned uh, 13 strikeout game on Sunday. So it got me to looking up, I was looking up like most strikeouts by a Dodger in a game, but then I was thinking, I was just, I was just going to limit it to, uh, people who struck out exactly 13 and it, again, trying to find the Brad Penny of the group. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, so one name that obviously jumped out was Aaron Harang. Um, and I looked, and you know, it's we've done these for a couple years now, and sometimes I, I think maybe I've done that before, but I haven't. So Aaron Harang was interesting for a couple reasons. One was this game, uh, April thirteenth, two thousand twelve, against the Padres. So at this point, like Harang was like he had come off some injuries. He signed a two-year deal with the Dodgers. Um, he wasn't like the as good as he was with the Reds and he wasn't like as durable or like seemingly. Um, but he was like a horse for a few years there with Cincinnati in, in 2006 or 2012. No, 2006. That's right. Uh, he led the national league in wins, starts, complete games, strikeouts and batters faced. Um, so he, he was excellent, but this was 2012, um, a little bit diminished that year. He, he would end up going, um, 10 and 10, with a 361 ERA, which is a 105 ERA plus 414 FIP, he did make 31 starts, so he was relatively durable. But on April 13th, um, <clears throat> one of the first games of the season, this was also when Matt Kemp was coming off his near 40-40 year and was like the hottest he's ever been in April of 2012. I believe uh, he was slugging over a thousand in uh, in this game <laughs> on the season at that point. Um, he, uh, but harangue that night playing the Padres. Um, I, in fact, I, uh, Dave Roberts would have been on the coaching staff. I don't think he was, uh, maybe he was, I can't remember if he was first base coach at this point or, or he wasn't bench coach yet. I don't think. So he was probably first base coach. 
But um, Cameron Maben singled to start the game for the Padres, and then Aaron Harang struck out nine straight. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, the Major League record, by the way, oh, I forgot to include this. The, another reason that's relevant, Major League record is 10 strikeouts in a row by uh, Tom Seaver in 1970, but now he has a cohort, um, <clears throat> Zach Wheeler, the other day for the Phillies, struck out 10 straight Mets. Um in a game. So those are the two sort of record holders and Aaron Harang right there behind him with nine. Um, so Harang uh, that year with the Dodgers uh, in 2012 was number 44. But after the, the Punto trade uh, with the Red Sox, uh, Ruby De La Rosa was part of that trade. He was wearing 41. And then Harang said, you know what? I'm switching to number 41. This isn't the NBA. They don't have to like go through a process and takes like two seasons to switch your number <laughs> they just do it like luke rayleigh and dj peters have worn two numbers this year for instance it's really just like hey i'm switching my number you uh clubhouse guy start get get to sewing you know like that's basically what it is um but so i remember asking about it because i didn't think it was going to be that big like like if you know hey is there anything to this and he's like oh, yeah and then he started talking for like 20 minutes on joe nuxhall who he got to know in cincinnati um and so Joe Nuxall, um, his claim to fame was that he was the, he's the youngest like player in Major League history. He was 15 <laughs> when he started when he uh, pitched for the Reds in 1944. This was during World War II, but, so like you know it was a little weird uh, at the time. You know teams were sort of filling rosters however they had, but 15 that seems negligent <laughs> to be honest. Like uh, pitching that young, we you know like Julio Urias was young when he started his pro career, but. He was 16 in the in the minors, not 15 in the majors. Like that's crazy. But anyway, he was a he was with the Reds for a long time. Then he was like a long time broadcaster. Um, so uh, when Harang was in Cincinnati, he wore 39. That was like Joe Nuxhall's number for a good chunk of his career. I I think if I remember right, the story that I wrote about it at the time, he wore it. Uh, Nuxhall wore it during his that 1944 season, his rookie year. And then, like, for, like, eight years later in his career. But, like, in between, he wore 41, uh, which is what um, – and, obviously, 39 with the Dodgers was retired for Roy Campanella. So, Rang couldn't do that. So, he switched to 41 when he could. And he said, uh, yeah, he was just a special guy in general. Everybody who came in contact with him thought the world of him. And I thought that was really sweet. Um, so, um, Rang, uh, I this was another thing. So, he signed a two-year deal. So they're going into 2013, and then this was the year where they had just traded for, you know, Josh Beckett the year before. They had, like, Chris Capuano. They still had Ted Lilly. They had Chad Billingsley, um, who was, like, tr still not realizing how hurt he was yet at this point. And, like, mm -hmm. so he was still around. That was, the, that was the first time of the current sort of run where, oh, my God, look how – we have eight starters. Look at this. Like, you know – that sounds familiar uh, because we've heard that this year as well, but like other years too, they look how deep this pitching staff is. Um, and Harang among the group was like the, the, I think the least suited for to pitch in relief. So like they were sort of shopping him. He, he didn't pitch in the first four games of the year. Then he got traded to Seattle uh, for catcher Ramon Hernandez by the fifth game of the year. So he was, he was gone. He actually didn't pitch at all. For the Dodgers in 2013, but he pitched uh, for two different teams later in the year. Uh, Stephen, but just to put a, a coda on this, uh, Stephen Fife, 
despite the Dodgers having quote-unquote eight starters to start the year, Stephen Fife started a game by the 18th game of the year. Uh, the Dodgers used 10 different starters in April, uh, including like Matt McGill was in there. Uh, yeah, it was it was a rough time. But um, so uh, I think what Harang, he ended up uh, pitching. Let's see. I didn't include this. He, 14 years in the big leagues. So uh, good career, like 97 ERA plus, you know, slightly, basically a league average pitcher. He faced almost 10,000 batters, 25 shy of that. He was fourth in the Cy Young in 2007. Good for him. Never made an all-star team to sort of keep with the theme of this week uh, a little bit. Um, but I do have an, uh, an Aaron Harang uh, sort of trivia related to the nine strikeouts. Um, All right. Let's get our game on. So so Harang broke a Dodger record that mm-hmm. night with nine straight strikeouts. Uh, I will tell you the record he broke was eight straight strikeouts. Well, that's uh, helpful. Who's... Who's record? Yeah, I was about to say, will you tell break? me who before you ask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whose record? Is this in a break? single game? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I can not think of relievers. Um, I don't know. Sandy Koufax. How about that? Um, no. <laughs> I, I, I was. I forgot to look this up. I think Clayton Kershaw. One of those starts against the Marlins a couple years ago. Was like um, he. I think he got to eight, but um, but it was obviously after harangue, so it right. wasn't like, yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Go on. Um, I really want it to be Brad Penny, but uh, it's not. Before I before I give you the answer, I'm just I'm I'm trying to look this up. So okay, so Kershaw had nine strikeouts through three innings uh, against the Marlins, and I forgot. So one two three one two three. Ah, oh. okay. He he started a game with seven straight strikeouts, and then this was like only like a month after he also, I believe, had. So he didn't get to eight. Um, one two three. Yeah, he didn't get to eight, but it, he had he had a couple really nice strikeout games. Um, but yeah, sorry. Go back to the the trivia. You have a guess. I mean, I put a guess out there. I lo- I lost. I'll, I'll guess. Right. I'll I'll say Don Sutton and then retire. No, uh, Don Sutton did not. Um, okay, so I'll just tell you that the title yeah. of the the game story I wrote that night was oh, Aaron no. Harang passes Padres, walks beat Padres. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Padres. Um, so July second, nineteen sixty-two, he struck out eight in a row, um, and then Harang topped him with nine. So yeah, that's that's where we're at. Aaron well, Harang, Dodger record I think holder, it's old friend. Well, it's time for me to turn the tables around with questions from Craig. Five questions from Craig, including my ability to uh, ask you some trivia questions. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to think about that. That was good. Well, the Dodgers and Giants appear to be two of the best in the National League this year. Name these top Los Angeles Dodger performers against their San Francisco rivals since 1958. You ready? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Three players have a 600 or higher slugging percentage against the Giants prior to yesterday. 
uh, in uh, 100 career plate appearances. Two are in the Jacob era. One is not. Can you name them? Um, just to, for the record, Craig said one is way not. Um, but yeah, um, 600 against the Giants. Jacob era. Um, let's go with uh, Mike Piazza. Nope. Liar. Um, <laughs> trying to think here. Um, I don't know why the Jacob era is throwing me off. Um, let's go Cody Bellinger. Nope. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure you're just lying at this point. Um, <laughs> let's go. Let hmm. Reggie Smith. That is your non-Dodger or non-Dodger, non-Jacob era, <laughs> with uh, six hundred two in two hundred and fifty-eight plate appearances. Did you say Dodger? Um, Dodger, but yeah. The newest uh, craze. Best <laughs> team in baseball. Um. Wow. Six hundred slugging. Uh. I do, I just don't remember. One's like, on the team uh, right now, and you think giant killers? You probably. Oh, so Max Muncy. He has yep. six home runs this year against him. That makes sense. Uh, the other, I'm just going to throw out one more guess and say Gary Sheffield. Manny Ramirez. With uh, a, in 102 plate sense. appearances, 738. <laughs> Good Lord, yeah. Uh, five players have at least 20 stolen bases against the Giants. He, and Craig says all but one should be named quickly. Well, you're you're thinking a lot highly. Um, let's see. So, Maury chop, Wells, chop, let's go. Uh, Davey Lopes, yep. Yep, you're in order uh, Willie Davis. Still in order. Um, the next two are tied for what okay. it's worth, so you're in order no matter what if you get them right. Uh, Brett Butler? Nope. Huh. All right. Um, <laughs> this, yeah, so um, 20 steals. Um, no, three, four. Raul Mondesi? Nope. I like that as a guess, though. Yeah. Um, one of these huh. players is after Raul, and one is before him. Well, isn't that interesting? Steve Sachs? Nope. Um, hmm. Matt Kemp? Nope. Giving you one more guess. Hmm. I'll give you the years if you want. Nope. Nope. Uh, Raphael for call. Nope. All right. Uh, D. Strange Gordon with 20 and Bill Russell ah, with 20. Nice. Uh, I should have went with Bill Russell just because of yeah, longevity. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was expecting that to come. Never did. Three batsmen. Side note, I love the word batsman. It's just a. Yep. Makes me think old timey. Have hit 325 or higher in 150, pl- uh, 150 or more played appearances against the Giants. One did it in multiples. Uh, Wait, I don't know what this said. Oh, one did in many multiples. There we go. Of 150 played appearances, while the other two played in the Jacob era. This should become an official Dodgers term, by the way. Three it should be in the record the Jacob books. era. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Three twenty-five. That's that's a lot. And one, um, of the, I'm going to term one early Jacob era, just to clarify that a bit. But oh, okay, but yeah. not the many multiples one. Uh, 
Correct. Uh, Steve Garvey. Uh, with a three thirty batting average and seven hundred and ninety one plate appearances. Seven ninety one. Good <laughs> lord. Um. Okay, the other in the Jacob era. So let's. I'm going to go back to the well here, Mike Piazza. Nope. Well, it's dry. Um, <laughs> um, what about Max Muncy? I don't even think he's at 100. Nah. Maybe he has. Well, 50, yeah. Nope. <laughs> Jerk. Um, <laughs> I, not, 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 not Max Muncy, by the way. You. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I screwed that up. I meant to say not you, Max Muncy. But whatever. <laughs> I think you did it right. I understand. Yeah, it's, it's fair. <laughs> um, huh. So 325. The early Jacob era is like really throwing me here. Um, yeah, and yeah, 90s, early, yeah, early yeah. aughts. Yep. Um, let's go back to the well again with um, Gary Sheffield. I was, about, I was about to say one pl- uh, player associated with uh, Mike Piazza, for better or worse, correct? Gary Sheffield with a 325 in 216 played appearances. And then let's say Andre Ethier. Hanley Ramirez. With a three twenty nine and one hundred and sixty, and a broken thumb. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you, next question. Good, you did good. I think you did good. Yeah. The last time the Giants hit more home runs than the Dodgers in the regular season was in two thousand and eleven. They currently have fourteen more home runs with about half a season to go. Can the Dodgers catch and surpass them? <laughs> Well, this is easy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah. In Craig's I, I, name. I alter the question. Will they? Yes. I think they will hit more home runs. Uh, Do you? Are we doing this as a bet? Uh, no, because I'm gonna say yes. Can't oh, okay. say that. The yep. New York Yankees are two games over 500 and currently sit fourth, seven point five games back of the Red Sox. Do you think another non-title year will bring changes, not only for their manager, but their lawn, lawn-time GM, Brian Cashman? So, I I can't say I've been paying close attention. It's really hard to do that. I know generally grumbling. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't necessarily think it's a non-title year, but if they miss the playoffs, it's, it's house-cleaning time. You know? Because they were, like, pretty, pretty clear, like, favorites coming in. I know... There were a lot of questions about like the pitching um, depth that they had because it's a bunch of guys who were always hurt. Um, so, but they they should be a lot better than they are. Um, so, like if they if they miss the playoffs, yeah, like Aaron Boone for sure. Yeah. Then maybe Brian Cashman, but I think Boone goes first of those. So, like, because you know if it's in season. Nobody like who cares if you fire the GM. The players aren't going to respond, you know. Like generally, there'd be like they it's they it doesn't like it changes um, less about their everyday than changing the manager. So like I think that's that's the move they make if like first, right? But yeah, and, I don't know. And I think that spells you know, it, it kind of puts Cashman in an interesting area because I don't think I think you can argue that they should have done a better job whether it's developing pitching or acquiring pitching. Um, but otherwise the roster should be better. So, yeah. you know, it's hard to fault Cashman too much, but sometimes you just need to kind of change things over. And like, like you, I'm not too familiar enough with their development and minor league system to know if there's a, 
a warrant for change, but sometimes you don't need that that warrant to really go go with it. So yeah, closer to home, nice. uh, the Angels not that close are also in fourth place. Eric, it just seems there is again too many holes in their pitching staff to fight their way back in contention. What are your thoughts for the rest of twenty twenty one for them? They're done. I mean, there there's no chance they make the playoffs. So the rest of this year is basically watch and enjoy Shohei Otani and then. Eventually, when Mike Trout comes back off the injured list, uh, watch him too. But other than that, they're yeah, they're going nowhere. Um, they're in a weird spot because you know they have Dylan Bundy, Andrew Haney, Jose Quintana, and Alex Cobb all in the last year of their deal. So they're all free agents after the end of the year. As a group, they haven't been particularly good. So like, it's not like. Um, but they have to build a pitching staff, and they have they have none. They have zero pitching staff, uh, you know. After this year, like Griffin Canning is one guy, but like you know, whatever, he's just a guy. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, maybe long term. Patrick Sandoval's done nice, but like you know, you're not counting on those guys to be part of the rotation. You they need an actual rotation, so it um, it's rough right now. But yeah, it, basically for this year, it's literally just watch Shohei Otani smile. Have fun. That that's that's the Angels this year right now. All right, the, our favorite part of the episode because it means we get hungry afterwards. The food mm-hmm. question: ice cream and cake are almost guaranteed combo for a children's birthday party. Please pick your favorite among these cake, cookie, pastry, and ice cream combos: cake and ice cream, pie and ice cream, cookie ice cream sandwich, or brownie ice cream sundae. Uh, real quick, uh, not mentioned, but it should be noted, and I think we've, I think we may have talked about this before. Ice cream cake is is not a thing mm. in my book. I do not like it. Often. Oh, like, like, oh, you, like, you mean like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I think I've had it once. Ice, the Baskin Robbins, yeah. Carvel yeah. specialty. Uh, it's it's not something I ever sought out. You know, it's bad. Like, don't like it. Uh, of the group, uh, I, I can't I can't say I've had, ever had a brownie ice cream sundae like that. I've had you an ice it? cream sundae. I've, I've obviously had. I mean, well, is that just is that just what he's calling having ice cream with a brownie? I mean, I think it's different because like the brownie is usually like kind of in the sundae. I've never, yeah, I've absolutely never had if it's, that. If it, you know, maybe it's something I'm not even. I'm gonna, I'll do some googling while you uh, I, talk. I, I've had it. I've had an ice cream sundae, you know, with with various toppings. Not my, not really my thing. Uh, of this group, pie and ice cream is my favorite. Cookie ice cream sandwich is like the go-to, especially if it's like either a grocery store impulse buy or Seven Eleven or convenience store type thing, you know. Um, but like in terms of make, like, yeah, um, pie and ice cream, I think is, is for me, cake and ice cream still fine. Uh, but I generally, I think if I'm having cake, I'm just eating the cake. Um, you, usually. Yep. You're exactly. And it's similar for the reason I don't like ice cream cake is that the cake gets really cold and it kind of loses its softness. I've at least in my mm. experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I generally just want cake and a glass of milk. Um, if it's a particular ice cream I would like, I'll have some, but I'll you know usually be fairly separate. But I love ice cream sandwiches; they're so good. Yeah, 
um, I, as a as a proud uh, former Bruin, uh, Diddy Reese just a staple of my my college life. Oh. So definitely definitely miss that now. Not living near Westwood, not at all near That's, Westwood. Um, I I can't remember where I found it, but recently I stumbled across a an ice cream sandwich combo that was a sugar cookie and strawberry ice cream. Mm-hmm. And it was heaven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and because of the, of the traditional ice cream, strawberry has long been my favorite. Minship is probably is my, the only ice cream I like better. Um, but like just that was, that combo was so good. And like, yeah, ice cream sandwiches are wonderful. But yeah, in, I, I associate pie and ice cream. It's that's, that's almost like, um, like Thanksgiving, you know, you do like pumpkin pie and, and whipped cream or whatever. But like the other pie times are like there. If you just go pie and ice cream, it's it's a hard combo to beat. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. Um, now, but yeah, the cake part. Like um, if you put ice cream with cake, you're you're essentially neutralizing the frosting. Like you know, it's it, I don't know. It seems like um, yeah, I don't know. It just yeah. seems and I love cake. Weird. Uh, yeah, I've actually been I've been uh, the, baking the, cakes. So the food, the band, I love it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, and, and speaking I, of that, yeah, you you have uh, you have reason to have cake uh, pretty soon here. Why uh, I've been making cakes is uh, per, per, getting the perfected one down for uh, my daughter. I've you know, been a dad for roughly a year now. That feels weird. Almost exactly. Yeah. Uh, so. And because because she's a June 30th baby, this is her age zero baseball reference season. But last year was also her age zero baseball reference season uh, because they they do ages as of June 30th. Uh, so if you're born on July 1st this year, um, you know, like it would have been the, it's the same thing. Like uh, you, you're if you're on July 1st, you're one of the older people of your class. Uh, if you're on June, June 30th, you're—I mean, excuse me—the younger people. No, I whatever. I'm, you know, what I'm talking about. But um, yeah. So June 30th, um, happy birthday. This is fun. Ooh. So Ben, you get to have cake pretty soon. I, I need to go find an ice cream sandwich. Basically, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm angling for right now. But yeah, uh, yourself, that's our get, your, get yourself to Westwood. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. Uh, All so yeah, that gas is worth it for the cheap ice cream sandwich. Of well, uh, the Dodgers aren't in first place, so we can't have traditional first place ice cream mm-hmm. yet. Uh, but they're getting closer and closer. So, what if they play a super long extra innings game and get to midnight tonight? And weird baseball uh, ice cream rule applies. Is that a thing? Yeah. Fine. Look, I don't need an excuse to like have you know eat more ice cream. So like. I'll find it. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go make some bad food choices after this. But thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your ice cream. We'll talk about who which Dodgers made the All Star team next week. Uh, we'll see you then. Thanks. Bye.